Good morning. Welcome to Planet Chaos. I am your host, Brandon Chaos. With me, as always, is Ed Giggity. Giggity, giggity. So, we were on last week live for the election night coverage. Uh, it was a long, drawn out six hours. Um, it took a few days, but we now have a clear winner of the race. Uh, Joe Biden right now is sitting at 290 electoral votes. So it looks like Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. What are your thoughts on that, Ed? Because I know you really thought that Trump was going to pull off a win. I really did, man. I really did. I ain't going to lie. I wasn't hoping he would win. but I Well, I know you weren't hoping, but you thought <laughs> he was going to win. Oh, yeah, I thought so, man. Like, when I was going home, like, I, I stayed up to, like, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, damn. I sat and watched everything to make sure. Yeah. So, like, it's going to happen. It's gonna, and then his lease are getting smaller and smaller. And I thought, I was like, it's those mail-in votes. Because he told everyone, yeah. don't, don't come in. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. And then you have Trump disputing it. He's like, well, why are all these mail-in votes for Biden and not for me? Well, you told your people not to do the mail-in ballots. Actually, he did tell them to do the mail-in ballots. He told them to vote in person and do the mail-in. Do both. Yeah, he said do both, and, and you'll see that you know it's it's going to be fraud. But <laughs> uh, there's there's been no fraud. There's no, no. evidence of fraud anywhere. Uh, Trump is just being a big baby about it. The only thing that came into question was there was a batch of votes that uh, that arrived late in Pennsylvania that yeah. were not postmarked during, and that was only a couple thousand. Well, in some, even if they were like, "Fuck it, we'll just throw those out," Biden still wins. In some states, as long as it's postmarked on election yeah. day, it's good. Pennsylvania is one of those states, so they were postmarked on election day, so they still count. And what was it like? One night, like overnight, Georgia. In Pennsylvania, both flipped blue overnight. Thursday night, Friday night, something like that. Yeah. I do. I haven't watched so much CNN as I did this week, man. It's crazy, man. So we're going to have our first female vice president. Mm -hmm. First uh, First black vice president. Black, South Asian. South Asian, yeah. Yeah, Kamala Harris really broke the mold there, huh? No. She's a vice president woman that happens. She's a vice president that happens to be a woman, happens to be black, happens to be South Asian. <laughs> she didn't. That, that's not breaking mold. That she worked her ass off to she get did. to that point. Although some people would say she gave blowjobs to get there, but that's not been proven. It ain't tricking if you got it, man. If I could suck my dick to get ahead, I would. If you could give yourself head to get ahead, you would. Wait, I, I would. Yeah. Yeah, that came out wrong. If I could suck my dick, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be at home right now. <laughs> I think most guys are in the same boat as you. <laughs> there's the people that have tried it, and then there's the liars. <laughs> what was that uh, Clerks, where the guy died because he broke his neck trying to suck his own dick? Cousin yeah. Cousin Walter. <laughs> same guy that jerked off on the plane in Mallrats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's like a big, but that's a lot of dicks. I mean, that's like a, in a short span of time, it's a lot of dicks. <laughs> 37. Uh, My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny. 
I was watching Saturday Night Live, not this weekend, last weekend, with John, the Halloween weekend with John Mulaney on it, and they had a thing with the headless horseman. And it came, he's like, you know, have you ever used the head, you know, like, on yourself? And he goes, like, no, no, it's weird. It's like, no, I'll think about it. It's yours. It's you. It, it's not really swallowing. We just kind of dribble out the neck, right? Is that, is that how that would work? <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Uh, so, sad news we've got, we got on Sunday... Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the world lost Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek was the host of, uh, of Jeopardy for 37 years. This is the old school Jeopardy music here, man. Mm-hmm. This is the Jeopardy music we grew up with. I don't know if, like, I- I'm a pretty big fan of Saturday Night Live, and, like, all this week I've been seeing the uh, old Saturday Night Live skits with, uh, was the old Jeopardy with, oh, with Will Ferrell Jeopardy. and yeah. uh, Daryl Hammond? Yes, doing the. Oh, I'll get you, Trebek. I, I fucked your mother, Trebek. <laughs> yeah, and I was just sitting there thinking about how ironic it is that he died first. Yeah. The, Sean, the real Sean Connery died first. It, and then, it was like within oh, a week. Yeah. Yeah. And Shut Trebek. Burt Reynolds was not not long before that. He was uh, a regular year. on there too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Burt Reynolds, you buzzed in. That's eh, not my name. <laughs> okay, turd Ferguson. <laughs> uh, and then Will Ferrell's last episode, Alex Trebek actually came on. Yeah. This is the last time. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Alex Trebek, you know, I'd seen some interviews recently where he was pretty optimistic. He was saying he was doing good, said he had some years left, and he's gone, man. Uh mm-hmm. Filmed his final episode, October 29th. They have enough episodes to get by until December 25th. So his final episode will air on Christmas Day. Mm. I haven't watched it since he died. I think it would be kind of eerie watching it. and like You're watching it like, man, this dude's dead. And he's got these new episodes. I'll tell you what, though. Being a game show host, man, that's got to be the gig to have, right? Oh, yeah. If it's a good long-term, like, like well, think about Pat Sajak. There's only a couple left, really. Well, Steve Harvey's still got his his gig on Family Feud. Um, Drew Carey, he's on Price is Right. Mm-hmm. Wayne uh, Brady has uh, the deal. Yeah. I think then, CBS uh, is the only one that has game shows during the day now. Um, They just brought back Who, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, they did? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the host is it's not it's uh no, an actress. Um she was the the boss on uh in uh 40-year-old virgin. She ran that uh Jane something? Yeah, Jane something. She she was in uh Role Models. She was on Two and a Half Men. Yeah. She was on Glee. Yeah, Glee. Yeah, she's real funny. I, I forget her name, but she's the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And of course, Howie Mandel still got Deal or No Deal. There's still plenty of game shows out there. But, I mean, you've also got game shows like The Voice, America's Got Talent, uh, American Idol, all that shit's still on. But, like, the classic stuff like Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, shit like that's still around. But, yeah, like, being a game show host, that would have to be the dream job, man. Because they could film uh, 
five, six, seven episodes in a day. As you think Jane about Lynch. it, Jane Lynch. Yeah, that's I, I couldn't even find it yet, but it just popped in my head. Jane Lynch. That's what it is. Um, you think about it. You know, like it, you film a, a normal TV show ahead of time. You've got all these cuts and these retakes and whatnot. Game show, you just you're filming in front of a live audience, and you just film straight through, no cuts, no no retakes, just straight through. Like Jeopardy, they said they could film an episode in 15 minutes. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that's the gig to have, man. Because you you think about it, you do like work for a few let's weeks. Say, and awful, let's say you do like. You could do 20 episodes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you could take a couple months off. You don't have to do anything. You're making millions. <laughs> that that would be the job to have, man. You yeah. should pull the um, the video of Alice Trebek calling that girl's nerd group a losers. That's like the funniest thing he ever did in that show. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know it's Sean. Let me see if I can find <laughs> the it. The nerd court rap. <laughs> that was hilarious. Here it is. He was a really cool, funny guy, too. Maryland, and her favorite type of music is something I've never heard of, but it doesn't sound like fun. I think it's very fun. It's called nerdcore hip-hop. It's Nerdcore hip-hop. Hip yes. Um, it's uh, people who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love, video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners, you know. It's really catchy and fun. The, the funny thing about this, though, is the chick's not bad-looking. Mm-mm. Yeah, she's like, she's a solid five or six. Like, she's above average. Losers, in other words. Well... Losers, <laughs> in other words. Yeah. Well... He was like a super funny, never took himself seriously. He even yeah. played himself in movies. Yeah. Colbert was saying something about in his last episode that he was riding off in the sunset with Abraham Lincoln and Santa Claus. He's like, we need a third guy. Who's the third guy? And Josh Stewart's like, Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. Yep. He was like, yes, yes. Yeah, Alex Trebek, uh, definitely a, a huge loss. 80 years old, though, man. The guy lived a long time. Plus, I mean, he's been fighting pain cancer for, what, a couple years? Two years, yeah. So, I mean, he, and he worked every day until... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh... It's a shame to see him go. Who do you think's gonna host now? Ken Jennings? Yeah, they, they, I think we talked about this, didn't we? Yeah. About how they think they were grooming him for it. Yeah, with the whole, you know, the GOAT championship that they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he won. There's my generic Jeopardy music. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did you see the latest social media craze happening this week? I've seen so many. I. You got to narrow it down for me. So, a lot of uh, Trump supporters are... Saying that they're leaving Facebook for Parlor. Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah. That's gonna suck. Like I get all my entertainment from those retards. <laughs> like, who's gonna entertain me? It's twenty twenty. I don't think you say retard. Actually, being that it is twenty twenty, and referring to a Trump supporter, I think you're actually allowed to say retard now because we won. We won. We're allowed to say that now. What? What? I don't get. You've got Parlor. Which is a uh, 
uh, it's a social media app that is geared towards Trump supporters. They say that they're geared towards supporting freedom of speech, but you know if you get on there as a liberal, they're going to chase you off there as fast as they can. Do they allow nudity? Probably not. Well, but if you post links to stuff that's true, they're probably going to kick you out of there. <laughs> so you've got Parler. You've got uh, Trump dating sites now. Ooh. There's one called trumpsingles.com. That's awesome. Their tagline is make dating great again. Yeah. That's awesome. That means like you can get a girlfriend you can get rid of her in four years. Yeah. That'd be great. And then, of course, you've got the QAnon people. Mm. You've got the people who were storming the ballot counting places. <laughs> uh, you've got people. There were I saw pictures of people that were on their knees uh, on on Trump feeling. flags outside of these uh, you know ballot counting places. They were had their they were doing like the whole like you know arms up and then bowing in front of them like like Muslim like a Muslim know, like a Muslim prayer, prayer. yeah kind of like the uh, Wayne's World we're not worthy we're not worthy <laughs> how can you look at all of this how can you look at the flags flying on trucks the you know how extra they have to be with the size of their signs in their yards the amount of signs they have. The fact that a lot of them have kept up their Trump signs the entire four years he was in office. How can you look at all this and tell me it's not a cult? I often wonder like, how people can be dumb enough to actually get in a cult, but you can. We just watched half of America join a cult. Five and a half was six million votes he got? Six million 60 votes? million. Well, actually, uh... Hold on, I've got it pulled up still over here. I can tell you exactly how many votes he's got. I know, like six to, I know Biden got seven something. Seventy million. Yeah. But that um, still means there's sixty million plus people to still leave. Seventy one million eight hundred thirty thousand one hundred ninety eight. That's what Trump had? That's how many votes Trump had. So over seventy million people living and dead are <laughs> Are still drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. That's the scary thing about this election was it was the biggest election ever. Joe Biden got the most votes for president ever, but the second person ever was still Trump. Trump. You know? They had the highest voter turnout this time around. Because we made voting easier for once. Yeah. We're like, hey, you want to get out? You want to. Maybe Um, go early. Also, uh, North Carolina, by the way, is still up in the air right now. Why? And they're they're at ninety nine percent reporting. Uh, Trump's sitting at fifty point one percent. Biden's at forty eight point seven percent. So it's pretty safe to say Trump won that one. What do they do? Fly people in um, from Nevada? <laughs> Nevada called it. They called it a while ago. They're still. Wait, Nevada's still only at ninety five percent reporting. But it's it would it would be impossible for yeah he Trump have to get yeah. every single vote yeah uh, Georgia's still sitting at 99% reporting they haven't called it yet uh, they're a little bit closer though Biden's got 49.5% Trump's got 49.3% so either way if he didn't win Pennsylvania there's no way he can win it even if he won all those other states who Trump yeah yeah 
Yeah, even with Pennsylvania, he's saying he got Pennsylvania and Michigan. Fuck Michigan. And Arizona. That's what he's saying. I still can't believe that Ohio went all Trump. No, I'm not surprised. I kind of what, am. What, what blows my mind, though, is like this area voted overwhelmingly Trump, but also were responsible for a landslide victory for Tim Ryan. Yeah, I don't... I don't understand With his opponent being a huge Trump supporter, you would think. Yeah. Unless there was more people than I thought that would be wanting somebody that's loyal to this area. Yeah. You know, because Tim Ryan's from this area. Christina Hagen's not. Yeah. She lives outside the district that she wants to represent. Run in your own district, sweetheart. He actually, he was on CNN, I want to say, yesterday. I saw him talking about stuff. And how they how they 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 were wondering like what how he got so many good votes in a red county you know yeah and he said something he's like because I'm from here people know me from here yeah they're like people in Ohio they believe that Trump was their guy and I that's that was their beliefs I'm not going to judge them for that I'm here to represent the people that voted for me and who didn't vote for me same thing Biden said you know yeah it's going to be weird though transitioning to a era where everybody's together and not. Me versus you and shit like that. It is gonna be weird. Yeah. So if if all goes a certain way, uh, like if Georgia continues to stay blue, North Carolina continues to stay red, uh, Joe Biden will have won twenty five states. Trump will have won twenty five states. Isn't that crazy to think about that? Mm-hmm. Like the popular vote count is. I mean, it's pretty close, too. I mean, you're talking only 5 million off. Um, but yeah, Biden won 25 states plus D.C. It's Does cra- D.C. count? I thought they didn't count. Yeah, they have, they have electoral votes. They have uh, three electoral votes. I didn't know they had one. Yeah. <clears throat> but- That's the one thing that they're talking about, that during the presidency, we're going to pick up two new states. That D.C. is going to end up turning into a state, and so is Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. But, uh, yeah, D.C., though, Biden blew Trump away. (laughs) 93.2% to Trump's 5.3%. That's horrible. Yeah. I guess guess using a heat ray on the locals and gassing them so you can walk across the street to stand with a Bible awkwardly really turns people against you. 285,728 people voted for Biden. 16,306 voted for Trump. I saw a video this week of him talking about how if it wasn't for the plague, he called it the plague too, that he was doing so well, he wouldn't even have went to Erie, Pennsylvania, but now I have to be here. Honestly, I, I didn't want to be here, but now I'm here. Trump said that? Yeah, Trump said that like last week or week before. What a schmuck. When he's in Erie. And then he's relentlessly still messing... Picking on uh, poor John McCain. So that's why Arizona said, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, um, See, here's the thing about D.C. You got to think. The people that live and work in D.C., you got a lot of restaurant workers and whatnot. You know, these people that live in D.C. are serving these people. Mm-hmm. If you don't take care of them, they're not going to vote for you. Mm-mm. I mean, yeah, it's only three electoral votes, but you know, if you're Joe Biden and you go out to eat someplace in D.C., you know, you're going to throw 
50, 60 bucks down for a tip. That waitress is going to tell everybody, like, look how, what, look what nice guy Joe Biden is. Mm-hmm. He left me a $60 tip. Obama was famous for that, too, when he would go out. He was a big tipper, yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah, but then you get someone like LeBron James that's a notorious, horrible tipper. That's calling really? Oh, yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah. LeBron's a horrible tipper. Uh, Kevin Love, however, is not. <laughs> Kevin Love's more of a just the tipper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, supposedly a good tipper, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend, <clears throat> we've got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Uh, I think it was one of our first episodes we talked about uh, the nominees. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we mentioned like the finalists, the, the ones that are actually getting in. Because uh, you know, the pandemic really screwed all that up because it's usually in like March or April. That they do the induction. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go so they they put it off. Uh, it's this Saturday night. Uh, it's gonna be airing on HBO. Um, of course, again, you know, there's been a shitstorm of controversy surrounding who's getting in. Always. Uh, the inductees this year are Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, who. Let's face it, are long overdue. Doobie Brothers should have been there a long time ago. Uh, Whitney Houston, Hometown Heroes, Nine Inch Nails, uh, The Notorious B.I.G., and T-Rex. What else, T-Rex? Uh, they were a glam band in the 70s. Uh, they had a big hit with uh, Get It On, Bang A Gong. That's it, though. It, they in, influenced a lot of the glam bands that came after them, like the New York Dolls and you know, all the hair metal that came out of the 80s and all that. They were hugely influential. Okay. Uh, the controversy, of course, is over Whitney Houston and the Notorious B.I.G. <clears throat> Whitney Houston. Is there any see. surprise there? I can see Whitney Houston because she had it, but she kind of... If you go by talent and performance alone, she should be in. But if you look at her personal life and all that... Oh, I mean... I guess you do most of them, too. Yeah, uh, but why? Come on, Michael Jackson's in there. Look at his personal life. Michael Jackson deserves it. Kurt Cobain's in there. Maybe because Whitney Houston's not so much rock and roll. I don't see. That's a weird thing. They should name it. Instead, of, they should change it. Oh, rock and roll let's Hall not fame do that. To the let's music not. Hall of Fame or something like that. Rock and roll to me is you know any anything that came out from 1954 until now, unless it's like jazz, classical, or opera, it's all rock and roll. It all came from rock and roll. Still rock and R and B, even even some country. Like I, I think Garth Brooks should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He fucking deserves it. Yeah, he has some pretty rocking songs. Yeah, rockabilly, some rockabilly yeah. music. Um. What what always fascinates me too when I when I read the inductees, uh, who inducts them? I was just I was just there thinking who's going to induct Whitney Houston? Alicia Keys. Why? Probably because she was a huge influence on on Alicia Keys. Um, Nine Inch Nails is getting inducted by Iggy Pop. Hmm. Um. De- this is the one that I don't understand. Depeche Mode is being inducted by Charlize Theron. 
I don't get that either. I don't. I don't get the connection. Uh, the Doobie Brothers are being inducted by Luke Bryan. I mean, I could see Luke Bryan being heavily influenced by the Doobie Brothers. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it seems strange to me. Uh, of course, Biggie is being uh, inducted by Puff Daddy. Yeah. Uh, T-Rex is being inducted by Ringo Starr. Ringo. <clears throat> wow. But, uh, That's huge. Just, just last year... Uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails was snubbed last year. They were nominated but did not get inducted. But Trent Reznor was asked to induct The Cure into the Hall of Fame last year, and he did it. It's humble of him. Yeah. Yep. Um, Just think, because Nine Inch Nails is going in, I Want to Fuck You Like an Animal is a Hall of Fame song. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The song always comes on when the kids are in the car, too. Always. <laughs> so, some of these are interesting, though. Like, who, induct, who inducted them? Um, Stevie Nicks was inducted by Harry Styles. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Um... Let's see. I wonder if they get to oh. pick that or if they pick it for... I think the artist has a say in who inducts them. They're like, hey, like the committee is like, hey, this is our Cause idea. Because I know uh, right here, Bon Jovi in 2018 was inducted by Howard Stern. I know they asked him. Uh, Pearl Jam was inducted by David Letterman. They asked him. Um, has, there any, has there ever been any two-time or multiple-time inductors? Inductors? Yeah, like 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 has David Letterman inducted two or three different bands? It's like oh, I'm looking. Let's see. Michael Stipe from REM inducted Nirvana. Uh, Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins inducted Rush. That's interesting. I just saw him Saturday. He was they were on a was yeah a they they were on uh, Saturday Night Live. How about like how everyone always talks about Dave Grohl is from here and all that shit. You know he moved away. He was like six. Oh yeah, yeah. He was just a kid. Fuck him. Yeah. He's not from here. Though. <laughs> I know. Not not like Trent Reznor, who grew up here, started Nine Inch Nails here. You know he claims yeah. Cleveland as his hometown. Yeah. Even though uh, you know people in Hermitage like to claim he's he's theirs. Fucking stomp jumpers. Uh, Smokey Robinson, in 2012, inducted the Midnighters. Who were the backing vocal group for Hank Ballard, uh, and then he also inducted that same year his own backing band, The Miracles. Oh, so he did two in one night. Uh, three, because then he also the same night. Uh, four. Hold on, five, six. <laughs> well, in in twenty twelve was an interesting year for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they they realized that they <clears throat> they made some mistakes. Along the way, uh, they inducted a lot of huge artists, but failed to include their backing band, which really made them. Uh, so that year, they decided to catch up with a lot of them. Mm. So, uh, and Smokey Robinson looks like inducted all of them. Smokey's like, I got this guy. Yeah. So we got uh, the Blue Caps, which was the backing band for Gene Vincent, the Comets, Bill Haley's backing band, the Crickets, of course, Buddy Holly's band. Uh, the Famous Flames, James Brown's band, and of course the Midnighters and the Miracles. 
I, I think it's great that they did that, though. It was a nice touch adding, you know, the backing bands because I, I do think one thing that they really need to do, though, with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is when they induct a band, they're always weird about who from the band that they induct. You know, if you've had, if you have a band that has had a lot of members. Yeah. Um... They kind of pick who they feel were the most important. Like, uh, 2009, Metallica was inducted. So they, of course, inducted uh, Cliff Burton, who was their bass player. Uh, He's the one that died in the bus accident. Uh, Kirk Hammett, James Hetfield, and Lars Ulrich, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Jason Newstead, who was the bass player that replaced Cliff Burton... Uh, he played on uh, Master of Puppets, Black Album, Load, Reload, Garage Inc. Uh, probably their biggest selling albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they also inducted uh, Rob Trujillo, who's their current bass player, came in when they did St. Anger. <laughs> Why induct uh, the guy that played on St. Anger? He was, I mean, maybe he was always a backup and around, maybe, you know? I don't know. No, because he was in uh, Suicidal Tendencies for years. I mean, if he's still in the band now, I don't see why I mean, not. He is still in the band now. Didn't they do an album recently or something like that? Yeah, they just put out an album. Oh, it's been a few years, uh, about four years maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were doing something new. I thought a new one was coming out soon. Or they were doing like well, they, uh, actually, they just put out uh, S&M 2, which is yeah. their uh, live album with the symphony and shit. Um, but, like, Nine Inch Nails is being inducted this year. Um, they're, they're not in, including uh, Richard Patrick. Who is the you know the current lead singer of Filter? Uh, was a huge part in. I mean, he didn't really play on any of the albums. Was a huge part of the creative process of the Downward Spiral, which was their big mainstream breakthrough album. So, I feel like he's someone who should be included in the induction. I'm finding some more repeats in here, by the way. Uh, Alicia Keys in 2002 inducted Isaac Hayes. Um, Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins in 2001 inducted Queen. Mm. Um, I thought I saw Kid Rock on here like twice. Maybe I didn't. Kid Rock. Yeah, because he inducted Aerosmith in 2001. And I'm pretty sure a few years later he inducted uh, yeah, yeah, Bob Seger. And then Leonard Skinner too, right? See, I think that's like a yeah, marketing Leonard thing. Yeah, Leonard Skinner. You know, because like I don't, how is Kid Rock associated with those? I don't, I don't know. Influence. I mean, <laughs> Lil Kim inducted Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, who's thinking that she sucked to get that? She's still uh, this day the only four I've ever seen like someone finger the, on stage. The the lead singer of Everclear inducted Del Shannon. See, I don't get that stuff. It, it's all political and... Oh, Puffy. Puffy inducted uh, Curtis Mayfield. 
What's Curtis Mayfield? Curtis Mayfield? Uh, Curtis Mayfield was uh, huge in like soul music in the uh, 70s. Is he the one that was killed? Uh, he died in 99. Um, yeah, he was with the Impressions. Mm. R&B group. Um, he was paralyzed after stage lighting equipment fell on him at that's an outdoor concert that's in Flatbush, hurt. Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. I guess I knew that name. So, like, he got hurt or something yeah. happened to him. Where it cut his He's in the Grammy Hall of Fame. He he has, uh, he has got the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 94. Yeah. Uh, he died from complications of diabetes in uh, December of 99, day after Christmas. Mm. Yeah. Too much Christmas cookies. John Popper, the lead singer of Blues Traveler, inducted Santana. What? Yeah. That's weird. Uh, Shania Twain inducted the Mamas and the Papas. That don't impress me much. Um, some of these are weird. Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys inducted the Bee Gees. That I can see. <laughs> Billy Corgan inducted Pink Floyd. <laughs> Mariah Carey inducted Gladys Knight and the Pips. It seems like it's like a torch passing kind of thing. Yeah. Like they're trying to like, like here's the old and here's the next, these guys. Possibly. Some of these I don't get though, like the connection is weird. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Bono's inducted quite a few. Bono. Bono. Of course, Bono's got to have his hand in every fucking thing, man. Yes. <laughs> Bruce Hornsby inducted the Grateful Dead. I think he played with the Grateful Dead for a minute. They're all Grateful Dead now. Yeah. The lead singer of Soul Asylum inducted the animals. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's like an industry kind of shifting. That's Eddie Vedder inducted the doors. Yeah, you see, like, like the doors are the fucking doors. You have someone like, and like Eddie, the Rolling Stones. Eddie like Vedder also peers. inducted R.E.M. See, I think their peers should induct them, you know? Billy Joel's inducted a few. Neil Young has two. I will not question a damn thing Billy Joel ever does. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. It's Billy Joel. Billy Joel's in there, right? Yeah, of course. Who inducted him? Uh, Ray Charles. See? I, I see that because they're both piano yeah. men. You see? Yeah. Ray Charles was a huge influence on Billy Joel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. have Ray Charles induct him? Yeah. Paul Anka inducted Bobby Darren. What the fuck? <laughs> Hall and Oates inducted The Temptations. So, you know, you would think that Temptations would have been inducted by black people. Like, tears. You would think. That, that's what I'm saying. It's all... It's got to be most... Oh, I mean, come on. Daryl Hall's black. Yeah. He's black deep down inside, all right? <laughs> have you ever called the, the Hall & Oates hotline? No. Yeah, there's a Hall & Oates hotline. It's called Call & Oates. And, uh... It, it it will play a Hall and Oates song. You you choose it with the, you know the touchstone pad there. You choose it and it's it, it'll 
whatever mood you're in. It plays the uh, the Hollow Notes song that corresponds with your mood. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen inducted Bob Dylan. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Springsteen, when he came out, he was called the next Dylan. That makes sense. Uh, Elton John inducted the Beach Boys. Mm. Hollow Notes inducted Smokey Robinson. Um, and we're going way back to the beginning. Julian and Sean Lennon inducted Elvis. That's interesting. Yeah, Elvis, I don't think you need anyone to induct him. Like, he's just Elvis. Just like, let the man in. Yeah. Elvis was uh, part of the first class. Like, his daughter should have been the one. Lisa Marie should have done it. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, she was busy at that time. Was that was when she was with Michael Jackson? No, 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 no. This was like 10 years before that. Um, That might have been when she was married to Nicolas Cage. Um, yeah, the first class for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was 1986. It included Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Fats Domino, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, and Elvis Presley. Seems right to me. Kind of, yeah. Probably could have squeezed Eddie Cochran in there, but they ended up getting him in 87 the following year, so. It's okay. You can only fit so many in, you know. Yeah. Because then time. you don't want to set a precedent where you have to elect like thirty people. It diminishes the. Yeah. You know. It's like football. Um, they only do what five a year, six a year. Right. What for? For a football hall of fame, they only do like five a year, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a big number. So to make it in there is huge. Yeah. But uh, they also, they, I mean, they have several uh, awards. They have early influence is, is an award that they do. Uh, they don't do it every year, but they induct somebody who had an earlier influence on rock and roll. Like, uh, for example, uh, in 2000, they inducted Nat King Cole and Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, you know? Uh, 94, they inducted Willie Dixon, 87, T-Bone Walker. So, yeah, people that had huge influence on, on rock and roll. Then they have the non-performers, which is people who were influential in, in rock and roll, of course. Uh, <clears throat> the first year, obviously, they had to have Alan Freed, who coined the term rock and roll in Cleveland. Uh, and Sam Phillips, who owned Sun Records, who was responsible for all of the early rock and roll names. Casey's got to be in there. Huh? Casey's got to be in there. I don't think he is, actually. Um, Dick Clark, too. No. Dick Clark was inducted in 93. I know Dick Clark was in there. Casey Kasem is not in there. I wonder why, because he was a DJ. He did the... Yeah. But, I mean, you've got, like, uh, Amit Erdogan, who uh, was the founder of uh, Atlantic Records. Uh, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, who wrote some of the early rock and roll hits. 
Uh, of course, Barry Gordy Jr., the founder of Motown. Phil Spector. Uh, Holland Dozier and Holland, who were big songwriters for uh, Motown. Uh, of course, Dick Clark, everyone knows who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Martin, who was the Beatles producer. Um, who else we got here? Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil. They wrote a bunch of hits. Uh, Don Kirshner, who was a producer. Uh, Quincy Jones. And this year, Irving Azoff, who was the executive chairman of Full Stop Management. Um, He was also the chairman and CEO of Ticketmaster and was the executive chairman of Live Nation Entertainment. So there's that. <laughs> uh, and John Landau, who is a uh, music critic, manager, and uh, record producer, worked with Bruce Springsteen and he was the head of the nominating committee of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So does that mean he nominated himself? <laughs> I pick me. I vote for me. I didn't vote for this guy. I vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I didn't vote for this guy. I think I just vote for artists, though. I don't think yeah. I get to vote for anything else, because the other ones are just kind of an honorary thing. Uh, they also do an award for musical excellence, which is something they started in 2000. Uh, there's nobody getting that one this year. But some of the ones that, that have won that one, uh, Hal Blaine... One of the greatest drummers who's ever lived. Um, Ringo Starr, the E Street Band. Uh, And then, of course, they started something uh, in 2018. At the 2018 ceremony, it was a new induction category for singles. Uh, the category is a recognition of the excellence of the singles that shaped rock and roll, kind of a rock and roll jukebox, records by artists not in the rock hall, which is not to say these artists will never be in the rock hall, rock hall they just are not in the rock hall at the moment. Like One Hit Wonders? Uh, not necessarily. Um, the Isley Brothers, whose song Twist and Shout was inducted in 2019, were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as performers in 1992. So, so, so like you had a really huge song that really influenced people were inducting that song. Yeah, they're inducting the song. But your entire career isn't yeah. until we decide. Not yeah. necessarily. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I get so, that. like, uh, Rumble by Link Ray. Uh, the Twist by Chubby Checker. Louie oh, yeah. Louie. Louis. Uh, a Whiter Shade of Pale, Pale by Procol Harum. Uh, Born to be Wild. Uh, Tequila by The Champs. Money, That's What I Want. Uh, Leader of the Pack. Gloria by The Shadows of Night, which has been covered by fucking everybody. It's a great song, though. Yeah, I love it. Every time I hear a new cover, I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, Shotgun by Junior Walker and the All-Stars. Of course, that's an iconic uh, instrumental song. Everyone knows that one. Uh, Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. 
uh, Wild Thing by the Trogs, The Letter by the Box Tops. So the last uh, four that I listed off are getting inducted this year along with Time is on My Side by Irma Thomas, which I believe that was, wasn't that a big hit for the Rolling Stones? Yeah. I was going to say, I think yeah. so. Both it released it in 1964. Huh. I forgot the, uh, the name of the performer, the original version of that. Uh, they also do a Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, I mean, like, you've got John Hammond, who was a uh, civil rights activist and record producer, music critic, from the 30s until the 80s. Uh, Herb Alpert, of course. Um, and then we're talking about uh, <coughs> multiple inductors. Um, we also have the multiple inductees. Um, you mean that's one at once? Yes. For different yes. things? Uh, for example, uh, Jeff Beck was first inducted in 92 with the Yardbirds, and then again as a solo artist in 2009. Um, Eric Clapton is in there three times. Hmm. Uh, the first time with the Yardbirds in 92, uh, again with Cream in 93, and then as a solo artist in 2000. Wow. Uh, but yeah, you've got like Peter Gabriel, who was inducted with Genesis in 2010, and then Solo in 2014. Uh, all four of the Beatles are in there as solo artists and with the Beatles. Uh, Michael Jackson with the Jackson Five and Solo. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. Uh, Lou Reed is in there with the Velvet Underground and Solo. Uh, Jimmy Page was inducted in 92 with the Yardbirds and then in 95 with Zeppelin. Kind of Yardbirds group is a fucking mega group, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had, I mean... <laughs> All-star game. Yeah, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, and Jimmy Page all in the same band. Yeah. Uh, Ringo Starr, of course. Uh, Rod Stewart was first inducted as a solo artist in 94 and then in 2012 with The Faces. Um, all four of the guys from Crosby, Stills, and Nat, Nash and Young... I went to Rod Stewart's wedding. It was beautiful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, went to, we went to the wedding years ago. Uh, Lauren's friends from uh, work, two guys that she knew, they got married at Avalon. And dude's husband looked just like Rod Stewart. Uh, it was hilarious. Um, and then you've got the artists who have been in, uh, nominated but snubbed. And this, along with other artists that have never been nominated, always seems to be a cause for controversy. Um, let's see. Let's go with someone you might know. Dave Matthews' band was nominated in 2020. Yeah, first year of eligibility. We'll let it slide, right? I am Sam not picked um, But what's weird though, some of these, uh, like Carol King. I mean, Tapestry is an iconic album. Mm-hmm. She wrote a lot of hits for other people. She was nominated in 1989, has not been nominated since. Should have put out. I guess. Uh, LL Cool J, nominated in 2010, 11, 14, 18, and 19. Not yet inducted. 
I would think LL Cool J should be in there. LL Cool J should be in there. The New York Dolls, nominated once in 2001, never again. Um, Steppenwolf, nominated once in 2017, never nominated again. Steppenwolf, why does that sound familiar? Steppenwolf, they did uh, Magic Carpet Ride, Born to be Wild. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Smiths were nominated in 15 and 16, and that's it for them. Uh, it's always interesting, though, to, to see some of this. And then people talk about other artists that have been never nominated. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult. How about Dr. Dre? Uh, Dr. Dre is in with N.W.A. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, N.W.A. is in. Uh, yeah, and they they got in uh, shortly after the movie. Mm. It's almost like it was set up that way. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> DJ Yella, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Easy e and MC Ren. They're in there. Uh, they were inducted by Kendrick Lamar. Niggas with attitude. Yeah, yeah. Here's Kendrick Lamar to induct you. I, that's bullshit. They should have had Lamar. someone harder to, to induct Kendrick them. Lamar's pretty hard, man. Oh, he's nice. I mean, who, who else? Who else could have inducted him? They should have had, like... The game? Them do it. The game? 50 Cent, someone. 50 Cent's a pussy. He, he almost voted for Trump. <laughs> That's why, because that was a that was strictly financial decision. <laughs> okay. He didn't want to be 25 Cent. Yeah, he, he, wanted, he didn't want his taxes. Yeah. But yeah, it's a... You know what? Like, I've... It, it, being some, somebody who votes uh, for the inductees, I, I do study a lot of what goes on with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, you know, I always want to make sure that I make the right decision. Uh, like, this year I voted for Soundgarden. And, and they didn't get in. Um, actually, I took Soundgarden over, uh, over Biggie. Ooh, that's brave. That is brave, yeah. But there was a good list of nominees this year. Um, like, how does it work? They give you like a list of ten. You gotta pick out like the well, top five. You pick uh, seven, and then uh, they pick like I think either six or seven from that, depend depending on how many they're inducting that year. Um, <coughs> you know what genre has? A surprising lack of representation in the Hall of Fame. Hair metal. Hair metal's trashy. The whole air is trashy. There, there's a lot of great artists that have been inducted from the 80s, though. Dungeon um, Roses. Rat. Def <laughs> Leppard is in there. Bon Jovi's in there. Bon Jovi's not hair, is it? Yeah, it's hair metal. Uh, Journey, which, uh, you know, their 80s stuff kind of... You know, teetered on the brink of hair metal. Uh, but other than that, Poison's not in there. Uh, no, Guns N' Roses is in there. No, that's it, dude. Like no Motley Crue. That's whack. Uh, no Warrant, no Poison. Bogus. 
Yeah, no rat, no quiet riot. No stairway. Did nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, there seems to be a lack of representation of hair metal in there. Uh, Guns N' Roses were the first. But they, they, they're, like, sucking the dick of grunge, though. Yeah. They really are. Because you've got Nirvana, who got in first year of eligibility. Um, Pearl Jam's in there. And you know Soundgarden's going to get in next year. Yeah, probably. I think uh, Korn was another one that was nominated this year. Dave Matthews Band. Uh, pretty much the ones that I picked are the ones that got in. Other than... Soundgarden. Yeah, Soundgarden with, and Biggie. But yeah, I voted for Depeche Mode, Doobie Brothers. So I, I feel both those bands should have been in a while ago. I mean, any anybody that has made electronic music after 1981 mm-hmm. has been heavily influenced by Depeche Mode. They kind of created modern electronic music. And then, of course, the Doobie Brothers and, and T-Rex, have, you know, they should have been in there a while ago, too. I don't um, think T-Rex should Whitney. be in there. Whitney. Still know what that is. Whitney. Whitney. Mother. Whitney. Come here to rock, mother. That poor girl. T-Rex had some hits in the UK, though. A, they had a run of 11 singles in the UK Top 10. They scored four UK number one hits with Hot Love, Get It On, Telegram, Telegram Sam, and Metal Guru. 20th Century Boy, that was another big hit that they had. I only know one. That's it. They're basically, in America, you're a one-hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, they, they've had quite a bit of success, though. And then uh, their lead singer, Mark Bolin, died pretty early in 1977. He, uh... Roadie? Car accident. Oh. Drinking. (laughs) Drinking and driving, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't the one driving, though. Somebody else was driving. Ah, the old Paul Walker excuse. About that. Hold on. When did Mark Boland die? Mark Boland? Yeah. 1977, yeah. Okay, I was right. But yeah, he he was... And actually, that whole band was just influential to anything glam. Uh, you know, Bowie, New York Dolls. Any 80s metal... In fact, um, like you remember... Oh! On the 16th of September, 1977, Bolin was riding in a Mini 127.5 GT, driven by Gloria Jones, as they headed home that from was his girlfriend. Morton's Club restaurant. Hmm? Yeah. Southwest London, car struck a fence post. Jeez. Within a tree. Bolin was killed instantly while Jones suffered a broken arm and broken jaw. Oh, jeez. His funeral was attended by David Bowie, Rod Stewart, Tony Viscani, and Steve Harley. Yeah. Um. 
Let's see who his girlfriend was. Gloria Jones. Electric Light Orchestra was influenced by them. The Damned. She's so black, she's 75. Yeah. Is she black? Is she black? I think she, she is. is, yeah. Yeah. Um, you ever seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers video, uh, Danny California? Ah, where, they, where they were imitating different artists throughout it. Like they start out doing uh, Elvis, and then there's like, and I then they go you. through the the time different time periods. Well, there's a period like right before they do the Misfits, where they did T Rex. Yeah. A lot of Misfits. That one band I've never heard, but nailed plenty of girls that love that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves the Misfits shirts, man. They love the cool shirts, man. They look good on my bedroom floor. That much. <laughs> Never heard a note of their music. Alright, we're, we're gonna take a little <laughs> bit of a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stay tuned. Stickers, pillows, and more. You can also get Brandon's book, Bedtime Stories, there as well. That is planetchaosradio.com. football this weekend. Did you watch any? I didn't watch any. The Browns were off, so I took the week off myself. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield was placed on the COVID uh, reserve list. So he may or may not play this Sunday. How does that make you feel? I think he'll play. I think he'll play this Sunday. He's already, he's already got one. Uh, it was last week. So he'll he'll be clear in time. Yeah. Um. What would you think about if he's playing like crap? If they decide to put Keenum in, though. I don't think they'll put Keenum in unless they start getting blown out like they did a couple weeks ago. I don't think I don't think they'll put him in. Why didn't they put Keenum in before? Because they were getting blown out. Maybe he could have been the comeback kid. No, he came in through an interception. Oh, he did come in. Yeah. Oh, okay. When they were playing, who was it? The, was the it Raiders. The Ravens? 
Now, maybe it was the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we have the Texans at home, so. I don't know. It's going to be a good game. Um, four Steelers players uh, placed on COVID reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, including Ben Roethlisberger. Well, I think he got put on there, if I read it right, just for coming in close contact with someone. Yeah. He never actually tested positive. Yeah, so. well, the only one that's tested positive was uh, Vance McDonald. The tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only one that's tested positive. But there's four of them on the COVID reserve list. Uh, as long as they keep testing negative, you know, they'll be all right for Sunday. Uh, they barely squeaked out a win against the Cowboys, man. I forgot. I did watch that game. I did. I bet you were in your glory until the last few minutes, and you're like, motherfucker. I, I fucking knew it, though. You know what? <laughs> I was like, because even Lauren's like, hey, Pittsburgh might lose. I was like, don't fucking tease me. I was like, no, they're not. I was like, I've seen this game before. I know they're going to fucking grind it out, and the Cowboys are well, going to fuck up. And- of course, everybody's saying, oh, it was that roughing the passer call. But mm-hmm. think about how many missed calls that could have gone their way in that game, though. Yeah, there was several times where they should have been, uh, there should have been a pass interference call. I did watch a good college football game Saturday night, though. I watched the second half of Clemson and uh, Notre Dame. And Notre Dame. Oh, the you saw the super spreader. Yeah, that was that was a good game. That was dumb. All those kids piling onto the field at the end. That's just pure emotion and joy. I don't care. Did anyone, it's dumb. Did anyone get caught after that? I've never seen anything. I, I don't think so. Uh-uh. Not yet, at least. It's only been a couple days. True. I tell you what, they beat another <clears> one. <throat> they beat the number one team. You, you kind of without gotta... Trevor Lawrence, though. Still, still number one team. Doesn't matter. Who's... Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> it looks like I might be wrong about the Patriots tanking for Trevor. They barely uh, squeaked out a win last night against the Jets. If they would have lost to the Jets, that would have put them a hell of a lot closer to getting Trevor Lawrence and getting the first pick. But it's the Patriots, so they might figure out a way to come up with that number one overall. Yeah, they'll figure out a way to get it. I don't yeah. think Belichick can lose. Like I don't think he. He's like the Trump of the NFL. Like he could be down by four touchdowns, and he still won't concede. Yeah, you know. I don't think he can lose but not in his then again, you have Brady getting blown out on Sunday Night Football. The Saints are a really good team, though. The Saints are the best team in the, the NFL right now. I'm sorry. Because the Saints, they beat them, was it week one? Week one, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Saints are, at least on paper, the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, record-wise or not. Uh, record-wise, no, they're not. Record-wise, the Steelers are the number one team in the NFL. Ugh. But the Saints probably have the best shot of taking the Super Bowl this year. The Super Spreader Bowl. Yeah. God, uh, but so weird this not year. only did Brady get blown out 38-3. It was 31-3 at halftime. And uh, What's not bad? It was at halftime? Yeah, 31-3 oh. at halftime. Brady... Also had a lower QB rating than three Saints QBs in one game. Yeah. 
The Saints played three, all three QBs. Did you watch that, that game? Oh yeah. Do you think he was trying to push the ball towards AB, or was it just no? Because it wasn't just AB. He was Gronk missed a lot of easy passes too, man. Gronk played horribly. Brady was all over the place. Um, there was a few times that uh, oh, what's his name? That receiver that's really fast. Mike Evans. Uh, yeah, Evans. That's it. Uh, he saw Brady, you know, throw a wild pass that was going to nobody. He tried to make it, just couldn't come up with it. Mike Evans is really good. Yeah, but Brady was just—he was throwing all over the place, just playing terribly. Uh, that whole team just—they I mean, looked like a high school JV team that night. They really did. Every once in a while, you play a bad game, but like the whole team just—they <laughs> just, yeah, they could not come up with it. And then Brady getting outplayed by three <laughs> different quarterbacks in one game. He had a lower QB rating than Jameis Winston, the guy that he replaced. <laughs> who do they play next week? Uh, who the Bucks? Oh, they play the Panthers. So they'll turn around. Nah, with the Panthers. I don't know, man. Panthers are three and six. So that doesn't mean dick. Patriots almost got beat by the Jets. And the Steelers almost got beat by the Cowboys. Exactly. So, any given Sunday, Any given man. Sunday, man. We also had to put Mason Rudolph in there for a couple plays. <laughs> this, is how, this is why we play the games, like to say. Fucking helmet head. Should have hit him in the head with a helmet. I saw Rudolph go in and Ben go in the tunnel. I'm like, oh, no. Here we no, go no, again. No, there goes the season. Oh, jeez. I was like, yes. He's dead. And then he came back out. I'm like, oh, they're going to win. It was awful. Yeah, they did win, though. Yeah, that Saints-Bucks game, that was uh, that was a surprise to a lot of people because all the, the big analysts had the Bucks winning. Because game one, dude, they're, you know, they're already predicting. They're like, oh, this is going to be the NFC Championship game right here, these two teams. <laughs> I don't think it is. I, I think it's going to come down to uh, New Orleans and Seattle. Because I don't think Green Bay is getting past the wild card this year. Are we ready to point out that the Dolphins are 5-3? and three? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? What about the Bills, though? Bills are 7-2. and two. I expected the Bills always have big so, uh they, they also, uh, just today, uh, they voted to expand to uh, 16 teams in the playoffs. So it finally passed today. Does it go for this year? I thought it was already this year, no. wasn't it? I, I don't know. I thought this year was the actual wild card team. I don't I know. I really thought that was this year. They just passed it today, though. Okay, so they, they expand it to 16 teams. Okay? You got your... Get your uh, app over there pulled up. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. So that's yeah, eight and eight. Right? Yeah. Eight from each conference. 
So let's, let's see four divisions. So you have four division winners. Hold on. And then four second place teams. Yeah. Hold That's on. too much. All right, so... <coughs> Six? I can understand two wild card teams. I, okay, so right now, this is what the playoff picture would look like if it started today. Uh, for the AFC, you have Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee. That's your top four. Then you've got Baltimore, Vegas, Miami, Cleveland. I like this new system. I think we should keep it. <laughs> the Cleveland would have Count the number the eight. Votes. Count the votes. They would have the number eight seed right there. I don't care. It's a seed, baby. <laughs> oh, God. You know what that means, don't you? What? We'd have to beat someone in the first round, and then who's the fucking, who will we play? The fucking number one seed. Pittsburgh. Which would be, God, <laughs> I've seen this before. Oh, no. And then the NFC, you've got New Orleans. Seattle, Green Bay, Philly, Tampa, Arizona, Rams, Chicago. Mm. It just seems so weird some of these teams being in there. Like Buffalo. Buff- you know, Buffalo is steadily going up. Miami. Vegas, Miami is a shocker. Even Cleveland, too. I mean, Cleveland's is a shocker. No one thought Cleveland. I mean, you guys, though... Uh, we have the easiest schedule. Second easiest schedule in the league rest of the year. You guys are uh, also tied with the Colts for the record right now, too. We have the tiebreaker against Colts. We beat them. Yeah. But, I mean, Denver could turn things around. No, they can't. In- New England could turn things around. Even Cincinnati could turn things around. No. First of all, in the Central, you know, we had like the toughest AFC – uh, division. Now, being that you guys are third in the division, I think you guys would be knocked out, though, wouldn't you? No. Because wouldn't record. it just be top two of, of each division? No, nope, it goes by record. It goes by record. You either win a division or it goes by record. Because the Colts would get in there instead of you guys. The Broncos the are actually playing the Raiders. Because everybody else that's in the top eight is in the top two of their division, except for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Would you guys have a tied record with the Colts? But we had the tiebreaker against the Colts because so. we've beaten them. I think it goes by a top two in each division. That would make the playoff picture just slightly different for the AFC. And <laughs> I mean, you got the NFC, the NFC East, Philly. Well, the Dolphins and are five Washington. and three. The Dolphins and the Colts are five and three. Yeah. And so are the Raiders. So the and Raiders can go ahead of us because they've beaten us. We've beaten the Colts, and we haven't played the Dolphins. Yeah. Do you guys play the Dolphins? I don't believe so. <clears throat> you know, Cleveland could still fuck this up. You know that, right? I don't know if they can. We had the Texans this week, and yeah. then you guys could lose that. And then we we have we host Eagles the next week. Go back. And then the Jaguars, which are one and seven. The Titans will be a tough game. Yeah. Then the Ravens. That's gonna be a tough game. And then the Giants, which could, that's fifty fifty game. Yeah. I, Giants fifty fifty. Pittsburgh, you guys will probably lose. I don't know. 
I think if Pittsburgh is the number one seed in the last week of football, I they're don't not think... gonna they're not gonna play their big starters. Exactly. Yeah. If but... we're fighting for our we we fight for our lives against Pittsburgh when you guys are still undefeated. If they're still undefeated at that point, they'll play the starters. Guarantee it, because they've got a they've got a uh, a first week bye. Tomlin isn't a uh, no. Tomlin won't risk it. He's smart. He don't he don't care if he wins the game by thirty or three, as long as he wins the game. He, he if won't they start risk it. if they start falling behind at halftime, they'll put the starters back in. Nope, they won't even let them dress. Yeah. They won't let. If they're still undefeated at that point, they will. I don't think they will. Yeah. Cause I don't think they care about being undefeated. They care about getting the playoffs and winning. Texans Bowl. Texans are two and six. You guys could lose that one. You guys got Bengals. Jaguars, Ravens. Hopefully the Ravens beat you. Nah, I hope not. I, I don't either. I actually hope you guys go undefeated until that last week. And I think that last week you'll set people. And I think we'll win. <laughs> I don't think you will. Washington. Mason's ready for I tell you right now, I really think you guys, <laughs> depending on what happens against the Ravens, if you beat the Ravens, I think you'll go undefeated. I really do. I, I don't think know. The Bills is good. I think the, the Bills, that's, that's the game that I'm most worried about. I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Because it's uh, it's in December thirteenth in Buffalo, and what happens in December in Buffalo? Oh, snow yeah. and shit weather. And who always excels at snow and shit weather? Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. Yep. Ben Roethlisberger plus defense. Defense yeah. always wins that game. And then you guys have the Bengals, and you have us. And that's in Cleveland, too, by the way. In Cleveland, January on that river is not very good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... It's going to be interesting. We may go undefeated this year, man. Until last week. <laughs> nope. I hope, oh, my God. <laughs> I, hope, I hope some shit team knocks no. you like the Washington. The Washington football team. We almost got knocked down by a shit team, dude. Jeez. I think it's because they weren't playing as hard. I think they let them. They kind of let them. Yeah. They, well, they let them get ahead. Well, plus, it's that same thing like we always talk about. It's the unknown quarterback. They didn't know how to play him. They yeah. didn't know he could scramble like that. They didn't know he could throw like he did. That guy played his heart out. That Dallas team played their heart out. You know they, what, they though? They played with emotion. I said it a few years ago. That, uh, that Garrett Gilbert's good. Yeah. He just, he's not flashy. You yeah, never know how good you are to get that chance, you know. But that was his first NFL start, man. He he he, he just he just came up from uh, the the Browns practice squad. Yeah, he did. Dallas loves picking off our quarterbacks, man. Remember they took Whedon a couple years ago? Yeah. That's a bad but, omen. You think they learn? Don't put a Gilbert, the backup quarterback in Cleveland is always the most popular guy. Gilbert did great with uh, the Orlando Apollos. Yeah. The AA team. AAF, yeah. Yeah, I mean they won the the championship. Yeah, he did great with them. Hey, Kurt Warner started in was arena football. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, Gilbert has he he was drafted to the Rams in 2014. Uh, was with the Patriots, Lions, Raiders, Panthers, uh, and then went to the Apollos. Was with the Browns. 
And now with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You and, know, you know. Uh, his his father was uh, Gail Gilbert, who uh, played with the Seahawks, Bills, and Chargers. But uh, interesting about him, though, is he's the only player in NFL history to be on five consecutive Super Bowl teams, none of which won. Really? Yep. Wow. But he made it, right? Exactly. He made it. He, got he was at least second right? best five years in a row. Further than I'll ever go in the NFL. Yeah. Exactly. But... uh he did four with the Bills and one with the Chargers. All five teams lost. God, those poor Bills teams. I mean, they went like two years, took a break in two years. They just couldn't do it. Yeah. I still remember that that game that they came back against Houston in the playoffs. I think it was the second round. They were losing by like 20 or 30 points at halftime. And I remember wanting to watch my dad's like, no, we're going. We went to Mickey's Army and Navy. I remember we had to go get, I had to get a new coat or something like that. And I remember going into the TV. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. They're like, yeah, they're coming back. And I sat there and watched the last, that game-winning field goal there at Mickey's Army Navy in the basement there. <laughs> I remember that's. I was like, I couldn't believe it. They came back. Yeah. What was that, the biggest comeback in playoff history? Yeah. Yeah, Gail Gilbert only played eight seasons. I guess that was normal back then, though. Quarterbacks didn't play as long. Mm-mm. Well, there wasn't as many rules to protect them as there is. Yeah. They get fucking murdered. Yeah. I mean, the slide rule didn't come out until, what, the 80s or 90s? Where you get a slide and yeah. you couldn't get hit. We had 90s or, or late 90s, early 2000s. Garrett Gilbert does have a uh, Super Bowl ring, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was it an assistant? Uh, when he was on the New England practice squad, he was with, still with the practice squad when they defeated the Seattle Seahawks 28-24 to in the Super Bowl. Run the goddamn ball! <laughs> God, yeah, Marshall! Anyway. Oh, yeah. Run the goddamn ball. Run the ball. Pete Carroll really muffed that one up, didn't he? Try to be too fancy. Yep. Run, run the ball. Or at least a bootleg or something. You don't throw <laughs> it. Yeah, that was that was dumb. A quarterback sneak even would have gotten the job it's done, a, man. A, a sneak or a bootleg. Yeah. I mean, Russ Wilson's fast enough to get to the edge. Yeah. Because their defense didn't have much speed. They just had experience. Yep. Run the goddamn ball. Ugh. Cam ran one in last night. That one really surprised me. He's pump. You know, he did a pump fake and then ran the motherfucker in. He's not as athletic as he used to be, but he's still athletic. Yeah, you know he can still get the job done. I mean, shit, I see. No, I see Roethlisberger rumble down the field for 20, 30 yards. You want to talk about the most athletic quarterback in the league right now? Taysom Hill. Have you seen how jacked that dude is? The guy from the Buffalo? No, 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 no. He's the uh, uh, second string quarterback for uh, New Orleans. Mm-mm. Dude looks like an MMA fighter, man. What's his name? Taysom Hill. Taysom? Yeah, T-A-Y-S-O-M. Taysom Hill. Images. Dude is a beast. Well, he looks like it, yeah. Yeah. 
That's why they keep putting him in for these crazy trick plays, man. Yeah, he is jacked. He reminds me of uh, that one punter that used to be jacked. Remember him? He used to play for the Lions, I think. Oh, yeah. It's not Pat McAfee, is it? Because Pat McAfee's jacked now. Yeah. No, I, I know the guy you're thinking of, though. Player? Yeah, I think so. I remember he was fucking but, jacked. Uh, Taysom Hill, uh, I think the reason they're putting him in for these plays is, one, he gets it done. Two, uh, I think they're prepping him to take over for Breeze because I think this might be Breeze last season. I believe his contract is up at the end Holy of the season. Shit. I don't think he's going to be re-signing. You ever see the Steve Weatherford guy? Yeah. The punter for the for the uh, Giants? Oh, yeah. Holy shit, that dude's ripped. Yeah. Um, yeah, Drew Brees is... Uh, I think he's ready to call it a day. Uh, I think Brady... I think Brady is probably going to be done after next year. He's got one more year on his contract. I think he's going to retire. And then Roethlisberger, what do you think? You think this is it for him? No, he'll play a couple more. You really think so? He'll play until he can't play anymore. Until he thinks he has a suitable backup, he won't step down. I think Rudolph that's... is not the future. Of well, Pittsburgh. no. Depends on what Pittsburgh does in the draft this year. I would like for us to trade for Taysom Hill, but I think he's already ready to take over for the Saints. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like you were saying, older quarterbacks, they took a beating. Like, Brett Favre, he took a fucking beating. Oh, yeah. Like how that last... Joe Montana. They all took Terry Bradshaw. You know? Even uh, Bernie Kosar took some beatings. Yeah. So it's like they kind of got... Their careers were shortened. Now with all the protection of the quarterbacks, they they can play a lot longer. I mean, look at Brady. Ben takes a lot of big hits, though, man. That's his fault for holding on the ball too long. (laughs) But he's fucking big, though. He's a big, solid dude. He's not like a normal quarterback, you know? Yeah. He's like a fucking... He's like a fullback that can throw. Yeah. You know, he's not thin and athletic like most quarterbacks, you know? But a lot of quarterbacks, they're, they're, they're taking care of themselves better, especially in receivers, too. Like, a lot of receivers will go out of bounds now, you know, and they don't have to slide. Yeah, but also... Go catch and roll. How many of these guys want to be out there taking beatings in their 40s? Come on. Roethlisberger is going to be 39 in January. I mean, sure, he wants to make sure that they have a solid replacement for him. But I I really think this might be his last year. I don't think so. I, I'm not that lucky. They're, they're going to get – they're going. I, I mean, if they go and take it all the way, they're going to have a very low draft pick. So their best bet is – If they win the Super Bowl – He'll retire on top. He'll do what his little bus buddy did. Him and Ward and all how they all retired after yeah. the Super Bowl. Well, Ward got cut, and that's why he retired. Okay. He had offers from other teams, but he wanted to retire a Steeler. Yeah. 
And that was after they had just lost the Super Bowl. Oh, that was such a good game. Fuck off. <laughs> no. I loved it. I, I think... What, did Seattle beat you guys that year? Uh, no. no. We, we beat Seattle in the Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, no, that was Green Bay. Green Bay. Rodgers' one and only Super Bowl appearance. Yes. That's why I like Aaron Rodgers so much. Um, but I think they're going to try to trade for a quarterback in the offseason to get uh, Ben's replacement. Yeah. I think Ben will retire soon. I don't think I don't think we'll ever see him play for someone else. I really don't. Oh, no, no, no. He'll, he'll retire. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he, – because he's talked about it for years, wanting to retire. But it's like you said. The only thing really holding him back is the fact that he has no replacement. He wants to see the team do well. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why is because they probably already have a spot saved for him as offensive coordinator once he retires. Yeah, or he's quarterback's coach or something. I think it'll be offensive coordinator because of how good he is at calling his own plays. So. I hate the stability of the fucking Steelers. I'm so jealous of it. <laughs> It's really the best run organization in the NFL. It, like it seriously is. Like it's a family. Like, yeah. like you become unless you're a really like distraction or a big fuck up. Like Antonio Steelers, Brown yeah. or Le'Veon Bell. You'll you'll stay and they'll yeah. keep you and they'll you know they'll take care of you. Yeah. Even Mason Rudolph is still there. Like I honestly didn't think that Joe Hayden would be playing four or five seasons for Seals. I thought he'd play one yeah. or two and be done. Same. But he's still there making plays. He's great. Except he's not great. He's, he's part of the good. steel curtain, man. Decent. Decent. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like... Out there killing it. quarterbacks. Like, I can only remember two coaches Steelers ever had. Cower and Tomlin. That's it. In our lifetime, I think that's it. Yeah. That's it. Cower and Tomlin. Yeah. I think before that was what? Chuck Knoll? Yeah. Before... Yeah, so... Like, it's so stable. Like, they get a quarterback, it's a quarterback for five, four or five years. Like, oh, it's yeah. a, you know, like, remember, uh, what's that slash dude's name? Cordell Stewart. Yeah. He was a starting quarterback for, what, four or five years until Ben came along? Yeah. You know, and then before that was, what, Neil O'Donnell. Yeah. He was starting quarterback four or five years. Uh, Tomlin's been with them since 2007. Uh, by the way, he is the only coach to have 14 consecutive winning seasons. I believe it. Uh, Cower was with them from 92 to 2006. Chuck Knoll from 69 to 91. So they've only had three in the Super Bowl era. They've had 16 overall. Um, I mean, the early days, they were a pretty trash team. Like the first 30 years. Uh, So they went through a lot of head coaches. But the organization really came together after the merger. Mm -hmm. And they've only had three coaches since then. Do they count the Philly Pitts Eagles? Of course. I, I Jock, do. Jock Sutherland, I think, was. I really do. The coach I, I do envy the fact that how stable that organization is. Like it's so like the Browns. We don't know what's gonna happen every year. <laughs> we get a new quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah. New co- we're like we're like kids. We're like oh look look at all these pretty new things. Yeah. And then next year I don't want to play with it anymore. I want new things. You know it's. Even defenses and everything. Like once you're there, like you're there. You know, yeah. unless you know you want to be somewhere else or you aren't performing or whatever. Unless they have a really good reason, 
They don't let you go. They keep you there. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're talking about quarterbacks. Um, let's see, Roethlisberger has been there since 2004 when he came in for Tommy Maddox. Ah, Tommy Maddox. I mean, that that yeah. was, yeah. He came in for Tommy Maddox after three games. Uh, I think he won 13 straight. Yeah, his first year he went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He won rack. 13 straight. Uh, oh, man, Charlie Charlie Batch. <laughs> Jesus. Charlie Batch was there for a small, small amount, but yeah. he, was, he was a filler, really. Well, yeah, we're talking uh, backups here. But uh, yeah. before Tommy, Tommy Maddox was there for two seasons. He was supposed to be the guy. Yeah. He got um, hurt. Something happened to him. He was doing he, okay. Yeah, he, he came in. Uh, he had an injury. In game three, Roethlisberger came in for him. And then there's no um, back after that. But, yeah, we had Cordell Stewart for one, two, three, four, five seasons. Old slash. Uh, before that, we had Mike Tomsack for one yeah. season. Uh, O'Donnell was there, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, O'Donnell was there for a long time. Before that, we had Brister, Bobby Brister for Bobby three Brister. years. Brister. That's uh, the 80s, right? Yeah, 80 to, 88 to 90. Yeah. Then Mark Malone for four seasons. Before my time. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was like when I first started watching them. Like Bobby Brister. 85 to 87. Bobby Brister and Bernie Kozar. That, that was Those two were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Stout played one season. He was uh, He was the backup for Bradshaw. Came in when Bradshaw got injured. Um. And of course, Terry Bradshaw was there from seventy to eighty-three. Yeah. I would say let's go over Cleveland's quarterbacks, but we got to get off the air pretty soon. We don't have that much. <laughs> we don't have all day. Yeah, I want to get home before three o'clock yeah. in the morning. That's what I mean. Like this, just the stability alone. Like, like Baker Mayfield being a third-year starter is like I don't even know when the last time that happened. Um, Tim Couch, I think, would be the last one I can think of. Yeah. Um, Roethlisberger has 216 starts, the most for any Pittsburgh quarterback. His win-loss ratio is 144 to 71. Uh, Terry Bradshaw is the next on the list. He started 158 games. His win-loss ratio was 107 to 51. Uh, Cordell Stewart, 75 starts. Neil O'Donnell, 61. Bubby Brister, 57. Uh, career passing records are, are they? They all belong to Ben for the team. Yeah. Uh, 4,651 completions, 7,230 attempts. Completion percentage, 64.3. Yards, 56,545. Touchdowns, 363. Interceptions, 191. QB rating, 94. Rate conviction, zero. <laughs> <laughs> I said zero. He's never been convicted. He's, True. He's way out of it. True. So you want to talk about Browns quarterbacks, though? I don't. Because we could open up some old wounds here. Sipe would be, I think Sipe was our best quarter. Or Sipe? Or Odo Graham. Probably Graham. Odo Graham would have been our best. But that was AFL days and shit. 
Baker Mayfield has been there for three seasons. He came in for an injured Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And then he won against the Jets that Thursday night game. Yeah. He woke up. Yeah, because Taylor was only going to be out for a game. They decided to keep Baker in. Yeah. But you guys have had Deshaun Kaiser, mm-hmm. Cody Kessler, uh, Josh McCown, Brian Hoyer, Jason Campbell, Johnny Manziel, Connor Shaw, Austin Davis, RG3. Uh, Thad Lewis, Seneca Wallace, Colt McCoy, Jake DeLome, Brady Quinn, Derek Anderson, Ken Dorsey, Bruce Gredkowski, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Charlie Fry, Trent Dilfer, Luke McCown, mm-hmm. Jeff Garcia, Kelly Holcomb, Tim Couch, uh, Doug Peterson, Spurgeon Wynn. Uh, Ty Detmer. <laughs> uh, of course, when you guys uh, got sent to Baltimore, you had Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> Poor guy. He was so colorblind. He, he, he forgot he forget what color jerseys we were wearing that week. He's like, we're not wearing the blue ones? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Most games started. Uh, Brian Sipe, 112. Kozar, 105. Frank Ryan, 76. Otto Graham, 71. Tim Couch, 59. Bill Nelson, 51. Mike Phipps, 51. Milt Plum, 51. Baker Mayfield, 37. See? Baker's so he's... the most stable quarterback since. <laughs> Testaverde. Testaverde. <laughs> No, Tim Couch. He, he's got ways to go, though, to uh, tie game started, though, with, with Couch. It's another 22 games. Can he make seasons. it 22 games? Two more seasons. Probably not. It's Case Keenum time in Cleveland, man. No. Um, Colt McCoy's on this list. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's sad, though, is... Uh, you know, it just it like after like uh, Bill Nelson, Mike Phipps, and Milt Plum at fifty-one each, it drops a lot to Baker Mayfield, which is thirty-seven. Derek Anderson thirty-four, Vinny Testaverde thirty-one. Um, <clears throat> DA wasn't that bad. He doesn't have good some of these guys. Yeah, bad. A lot of these guys only started one game. Yeah. Uh, Don Galt, Gary Lane, Len Dawson, Spurgeon, Wynn. Terry Luck, Will Curitan, Bruce Gretkowski, Thaddeus Lewis, Connor Shaw, Kevin Hogan have all only started one. Yeah. Luke McCown started four? Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. Cody Kessler started eight. Manziel started eight. Luke McCown, when he the <laughs> year we got him, he um I remember it was a preseason game, and we were down by a field goal. And he threw across his body 55 yards. Cross his body to the end zone, and I forget who it was, caught the game winner. I remember that game. It was a preseason game. I was so hyped. It was a hell of a throw. So, do you know the last quarterback that started in the postseason for the Browns? Yes, Tim Couch. Nope. <clears throat> Wrong answer. DA? Kelly Holcomb. In Kelly 2002. Holcomb. He is 0 1 in the postseason for the Browns. 
The last. Oh, because Da got hurt. That was Da got hurt against Tim Atlanta. Tim Couch. Was it? Yeah, someone got hurt against Atlanta. Yeah. So I remember watching that game in Pennsylvania. Do you know the last Browns quarterback to win a postseason game? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it had to be. It has to be Bernie, right? Nope. Tim Couch. Nope. Who? Vinny Testaverde in 1994. He went one and one in the postseason. They beat New England, right? I don't know. Uh, Bernie Kosar was the last one before that in '89. He went one and one in the postseason. '88, uh, Don Strock went zero and one in the postseason. <laughs> and then '80, was '87, Kosar was one and one. Uh, 86, Kozar was 1-1. One and one. 85, Kozar was 0-1. And, and then before that, 80, Brian Sype was 0-1. You guys do not have a whole lot of postseason wins here. No. Even in, like, the pre-Super Bowl era. No, pre-Super Bowl era, they have plenty. Of, I think like five or six NFL championships. Yeah, but the postseason wasn't very long back in those days either. Yeah. It was like one or two games. One playoff game and then the yeah. championship or some shit with, like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, with being carried by Jim Brown. He carries like four or five. You know the last Browns quarterback to be selected to the Pro Bowl. Is it Da? Yep, two thousand seven. Before that, it was Kozar in eighty seven and eighty nine. Yeah, I remember. D- but Da only got an instant alternate though because. Either the, one of the quarterbacks got injured, or someone went to the uh, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that's why, if I remember right. That was the year that we had. Um, who was that guy that got killed by the Madden curse? That big fucking white guy we we had. I can't think of his name because mm-hmm. he was there too. I'm just talking quarterbacks. Yeah, we had a fucking running back that was like huge. And he was tearing up. And then, then they put him on the cover of Madden. I said, that guy's fucking dead. It's going to kill all Cleveland. It did. Madden curse hit him hard. Baker Mayfield's win-loss record, 17-20. and 20. Mm-hmm. 17-20. He's just starting out, you know. He's, maybe he'll go about 500 this year. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just stability. Really amazing. Otto Graham is fifty-seven and thirteen. Oh yeah, Otto Graham is amazing. Yeah. Greatest time. He was he was a generation ahead of himself. You know what Deshaun Kaiser's record is? Owen two. Owen fifteen. Owen fifteen. I didn't think he even started that many games. <laughs> he started fifteen games, lost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That was over the course of a few years, though. I don't think he ever... No, that was that was the 0-16 season. Was he the starter that Kaiser was? I don't even try. I blocked that out. Yep, Deshaun Kaiser. Only fucking people in Cleveland would throw a fucking parade that we had a perfect... He's a free agent right now. Oh. We should have took a knee more often. He would have had higher ratings. Um, He... Was with the Browns in 2017, Packers in 2018, Raiders 2019 to 20, and then was cut. Now he's a free agent. Um, 
Let's see. He was picked in the second round, 52nd overall. He was the fourth quarterback to be selected that year. Uh, making his NFL debut on September 10, 2017, Kaiser finished with 222 passing yards with a touchdown and an interception. He, was, he also rushed for 17 yards and a one-yard rushing touchdown. But the Browns lost by a score of 21-18 at home to... Yeah, Steelers. The Steelers. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> In 15 starts of his rookie season, Kaiser completed 53.6% of his passes for 2,894 yards, 11 touchdowns, and a league-leading 22 interceptions. He also rushed for 419 yards and 5 touchdowns. Um, during, the, during the season finale against the Steelers in Week 17, Kaiser finished with a season-high 314 passing yards, 2 touchdowns, and an interception as the Browns lost 24-28. The Browns finished the year with an 0-16 record, only the second team in NFL history to have that record. I thought for sure the Steelers were just going to let us have it. You guys are they put in... Hogan for one game in week six. Mm-hmm. And they brought Kaiser back after that. Yeah. So that's why he didn't play all six or start all 16. Oh, man. What a year that was, huh? Dark times. Dark, dark times. I thought, I thought Steel was going to give it to us. That was such a close game. I'm like, they're like, and there was a couple times where they're like, I just could have swore I saw Steelers players with each other, like, we're <clears throat> fucking trying to give it to you. What are you doing? Like, stop dumping it to us. <laughs> he played three games with Green Bay? I guess. I don't know. When, was that when Rodgers broke his collarbone? Might have been. His, his QB rating was 40.5. At Green Bay. Sounds about right. Five attempts. Oh, he just came in late. 39 yards. Zero touchdowns. One fumble. (laughs) This is the year. The year for what? This is the year that we we shocked the world, I'm telling you. We're going to get Steelers. We're going to get a first round exit. I I don't care. I don't care. At least we made it to the party. I don't care if we get kicked out five minutes into the party. At least we were at the party. We got to sip the beer. We grabbed some chick's ass when she was dancing. Didn't know it was us. But we were at the party at least. That's all that matters. No. We got chugged back this week that's, now. That's the thing is you guys are so close to losing your playoff spot. I don't think we are. Ah, uh, you are. We're going to win out. <coughs> I'm telling you. We're not going to win out. Uh-huh. Vinny Testaverde had a hell of a career though, man. Wasn't always a winner, but he had a hell of a career. He was still a guy. He just he was inter- he was interception prone. He was with Tampa from eighty seven to ninety two, Cleveland from ninety three to ninety five, then of course shipped off to Baltimore from ninety six to ninety seven, the Jets ninety eight to two thousand three, Cowboys two thousand four, Jets two thousand five, Patriots two thousand six, Panthers two thousand seven. I think he started a game or two. It's a lengthy for, career, yeah. man. Twenty for the years, Patriots too. huh? I think he started. Didn't he start a game or two for the Patriots when Brady didn't Brady get hurt when he was there? Uh, let's see. Patriots on November fourteenth, two thousand six. 
New England Patriots signed Testaverde as a backup to starter Tom Brady. The only other quarterback on New England's roster at the time was Matt Castle. <coughs> Testaverde kneeled down for the final play in a victory against the Packers on November 19, 2006. Testaverde threw a touchdown pass to Troy Brown on December 31, 2006 against the Tennessee Titans, giving him at least one touchdown pass for the 20th straight season, extending his NFL record. The Patriots defeated the Jets, Testaverde's former team, in the first round of the playoffs, and Testaverde took the last couple of snaps to run out the clock. Uh, Testaverde wore number 14 with the Patriots, the second time the number has been reissued since Steve Grogan's retirement as P.K. Sam wore it earlier in the decade. <clears throat> On May 29, 2007, Testaverde stated his interest in returning to the Patriots for the 2007 NFL season. And on July, 7, July 13, 2007, confirmed this with Sporting News Radio. He officially signed a one-year contract for $825,000 on August 18, 2007, but was released on September 1, 2007. So they, they let him have a couple mercy plays, basically. Mm-hmm. Just like when Dallas let Kozar take the final knee in the one Super Bowl. Yeah. Bernie Kosar invented the uh, fake spike. Did you know that? I did know that. He wasn't the first one to do it, though. Dan Marino was the first one to do it. Yep. But they, yep. they talked, that's because they went to college together in Miami. Well, Kosar was his backup, too, in Miami. Mm hmm. Yeah. And uh, Vinny Tesferi was from Miami, also, if I do recall right. Huh? Tesferi also came out of Miami. Did he? That's why. That's why. Uh, yeah. He them. College, Miami. Because I think Kozar was like. I th- I want to say that Kozar was like working for the organization at that time. What? So if I remember, that's why we got Testaverde because Kozar really wanted him there. Kozar was, was in Miami at the time. Wasn't Testaverde like the quarterback for? Uh, for Tampa, when they only won like one game or and almost went, they only won like one or two games. Who? Tessaverdi. What was his record in? Uh, in Tampa. In Tampa. Uh. For some thirty-five interceptions. Thirteen touchdowns. Thirty-five interceptions. I remember it was like a, like a huge deal, including they said we didn't want him because of how bad he did down in Tampa, but, but Kozar really wanted him because he was from Miami. <laughs> in 1988, a radio station in Tampa rented a billboard that had Testaverde standing in front of a blue background. The billboard read, Vinny thinks this is orange. Yeah, you see, <laughs> colorblind. You see, I'm not the only person that thought that. The high number of errors caused his intelligence to be called into question. The fucker's colorblind. He's never admitted to it. <clears throat> um, It's not saying what his record was in Tampa, though. <laughs> See, he was colorblind, I'm telling you. Don't believe me, man. He's colorblind. Me and Joey say that shit all the time. We got to tell him what color we're wearing this week. Like, look at your hand. Okay, that's color we're wearing. But, uh, yeah, Kozar was in Miami when Testaverde came to Cleveland. But Kozar's got a Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. Is that, uh... Super Bowl 27. Mm-hmm. With the Cowboys. Um, yes. The one year he was with the Cowboys. 
They beat the Buffalo Bills 30-13. to Mm-hmm. Good old Troy Aikman. America's quarterback. Bernie Kozar is from around here. Yeah. Yeah, he went to Boardman High School. Yeah. Yes, he is. Remember uh, a couple years ago when he was busted for drunk driving? No. You remember that? No, I... Fucking bust and bring Kozar drunk driving. Let him go. It's pretty Kozar. Let him go. Fuck it. It's fine. Testaverde is currently the quarterbacks coach at Jesuit High School of Tampa, where his son Vincent Jr. attended. Hopefully he didn't inherit his father's color blindness. Um... <clears throat> Vincent Jr. played college football as a quarterback for the uh, Albany Great Danes. He signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an undrafted free agent following the 2019 NFL Draft and had a short stay with the Tampa Bay Vipers of the XFL. I knew that. Yeah, he was the starting quarterback for the Vipers for that one season. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Testaverde had a uh, Buccaneers franchise record for most passing touchdowns in a career, which has since been broken by Josh Freeman and Jameis Winston. <laughs> Tampa's never really had the interception a king. Even the year they almost went to the Super Bowl. Or most, did they go to the Super Bowl? Most passing attempts in a career was also broken by Jameis. He's got a bunch of. Franchise records are broken by Jameis Winston. Winston was only there for three or four years, huh? No. He's been there longer than that. Really? Yeah. He was signed in 2015. Yeah, five years. Well, four years, because now he's with the Saints. Well, 15, 16, 17, 18. Three years. He wasn't there last year. Was he? Yeah. All right, four years then. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Looking <laughs> at uh, Testaverde's win-loss. No, it's not on here. <laughs> it, it's, it's negative. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say negative. It's got all those other stats except for win-loss. <laughs> it's an unknown unknown. Yeah. They're like, if you can read all these stats and not know that it was negative... They should know. He's in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame and the College mm-hmm. Football Hall of Fame. He they, a lot of these people that like they peak in college. Like they're like, like Baker early, Mayfield. Yeah, they're like early bloomers. You know, it's really hard to transition and keep it going. Yeah. You know, you ever notice like if these these guys that do really well come out of nowhere, it's they didn't really peak until they got to the NFL. Yeah. You know, it's just like 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 the best football player in your high school, you see at the high school reunion, they're all fat and overweight, <laughs> and you're like, How the fuck yeah. did this guy used to get nails? Because like, he peaked so early, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You've hit your gash with peak tonight. <laughs> Mine is just beginning. <laughs> 
It's like the whole like, and you like like the hottest girl in school. You go see her, and she's all fucking wore out, and and you're like, ugh. you know, it's like yeah. they, they peak, they peak so early. People peak early. Yep. I mean, one of these days, I'm gonna hit puberty. My voice is gonna deepen. I know it. Eventually, <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to wrap up the show right now. Uh, if you don't know, you can listen to us on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can email the show at any time. It's planetchaosradio at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube. is at planetchaosradio. Twitter is at planetchaos underscore. You can find me on social media. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. It is at Brandon underscore chaos. Tumblr is Brandon dash chaos. Uh, our website's still down because I forgot to change some shit. Basically, I had one card that I was using for auto pay on that. Well, I switched cards and I didn't switch the card in the system. So the website's still down. Uh, I'm actually going to get that back up and running this week. Uh, the website is planetchaosradio.com. It'll be back up. Uh, merch stores there. Uh, if you want to buy any merch in the meantime for the website's back up, it's on teespring.com. You can just go in there and search for Planet Chaos, and it should come out. So we will see you guys again next week. Goodbye. Got my own lighter, you know I can match up all. Hoping that you're waiting with a joint after the show. Mr. Weed Man, don't do me wrong. Come on, Mr. Weed Man, help me sing my song. Mr. Weed Man, won't you fill my bong? Mr. Weed Man, I need some relaxation. Mr. Weed Man, don't do me wrong. Like Bob Marley, I'ma smoke it till my brain is gone. Mr. Weed Man, don't you roll with rock? Mr. Weed Man, I need that medication. But I don't really know what you got to roll. Hoping that you pull out some fire as and no. Got my own lighter, you know I can match a bowl. Hoping that you're waiting with the joint after the show. Everybody solo! In our windows, but I don't really know what you got to roll. Hoping that you pull out some fire as and no. Got my own lighter, you know I can match a bowl. Hoping that you're waiting with a joint after the show.